in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 5, the Lord says, Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. And I asked Pastor Monday night, I said, Pastor, what is your vision for RAC? And he said, well, sis, something like that, or well, darling. My vision for RAC is that the whole gospel would be preached to the whole world with as many people, regardless of who they are, that we would be like Jesus was. We would be a place of restoration where the waste places are built up, that lives would be transformed, and that people would experience and see the God of many chances at work. And that mirrors the mission statement of the UPCR, the United Pentecostal Church International, that we are to preach the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. And in order for it to go to all nations, it's got to come from all nations. And that's what I will be speaking on today. Let's pray for this word. Precious Jesus, thank you for this word that is forever settled in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, for what you are going to do in our lives. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every life in this building, every life that will be listening to this message, God, would be transformed by your word. I pray that your word would go forth to do what it is set out to do, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, y'all can go ahead and be seated. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. So if y'all are wondering, oh, well, look at those pretty bandanas on the backs of your chairs. Those are for you to take home. So y'all, you, you know, you can bring it in church if you're like, oh, I'm so hot. It's always so hot in here. I'm sweaty. You can, dab, you know, dab your sweat off. Or, you know, if you're just like, you're like me and you just like to wave, you can wave your, with your hanky. So you can go ahead. Yes, and as, you know, the Lord lays a burden on you, as I'm sure he will give that burden to y'all, um, you can weep and snot all over this hanky. And the thing is, it might be a little rough at first, like us, before Christ, B.C., in our B.C. days. However, with a little washing, it'll be softer. Thank you. Yeah. That, that was free 99. Yeah, that was that chicken nugget in your box of fries. <laughs> not in my notes, not in my notes. It hit me as I was feeling my very rough hanky. <laughs> so we have been given a great commission, and Pastor talked about it in Sunday school today. And you better listen to that podcast. Listen to it. And if, you've, if you were in here in Sunday school, listen to it again. Um, it was definitely the appetizer, the hors d'oeuvres, if you will, um, for this feast. Um, but we have been given a great commission by the Lord to go and to tell people about him. And in case y'all weren't in Sunday school, you know, we'll go ahead and go through the great commission. And it wasn't just in one book of the Gospels. It was, I mean, technically it was in all four of the Gospels. So starting in Matthew 28, starting in verse 17, you know, to give you a little bit of context, when the disciples saw Jesus, or when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. So, 
you might not know what's going on, and you might have a little bit of doubts, like, oh, Lord, did I really experience it? Yes, you did. Let me just go ahead and tell you, yes, you did. And in verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And in verse 19, he gives that commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Not some of the nations, not the friendly nations, all the nations. That includes North Korea. Mm, that includes Russia. Mm. Let, me, let me stop while I'm ahead. I see pastor. <laughs> let me be submitted. All the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And what's that name, church? Jesus. Oh, yeah, that oneness lesson's going to come back out. Out of the mouth are two or three witnesses. Let it be established. And not only are we going to go and make disciples and baptize folks, we are going to teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. We're not alone in this church, but we got to teach them. And that teaching might look a little different. And in Mark chapter 16, starting in verse 14, later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Correction is good. Correction is needed. And in verse 15, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, even if they're a little smelly, even if they don't look like you, even if they don't sound like you. Mm -hmm. Let y'all marinate on that for a moment. And after he said that great commission, he said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And Jesus even gave like, all right, all right, some of y'all, y'all are crazy. Y'all might believe me, but if you don't believe me, there are going to be some signs that follow, in, starting in verse 17. These signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. And in my name, they will take up serpents. Granted, we are not, we are not bringing out the snakes today. Mm -mm. I rebuke that. We don't do that around here. But if we had to, it, they will not harm us. And if they drink anything deadly or something with poison, we are not doing that also. No Kool-Aid in here. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. We don't do that. But if someone were to poison our drinks, it will, it will by no means harm them or hurt them. And they will lay, in my name, in Jesus' name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That recovery might look a little different, but do not fear, do not lose faith. Because that recovery is coming one way or another. And going into Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 46, then Jesus said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Because if there is no resurrection, we have no hope. Ooh. Um, Paul said that also, if y'all are needing another reference. And in verse 47, he said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Whose name is that? Jesus. Amen. To all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. 
And in verse 48, he said, you are witnesses of these things. Church, have y'all ever witnessed the miraculous? Yeah. Have y'all received the gift of the Holy Ghost? That's pretty miraculous. And also, Pastor, if y'all, if you knew me in the BC days, whoo, you'd have a lot more to say. <laughs> but the Lord has done a work in my life, and I know he can do the miraculous. And in verse 49, Jesus says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on, on high. And that promise is the gift of the Holy Ghost. And going back to Mark, he said, you will speak with new tongues. That's the evidence of receive that, receiving that Holy Ghost for the first time. We will get to that in a moment. But in John, you know, you're like, oh, John, they don't. he talks about the Great Commission. Because in John chapter 20, starting in verse 19, you know, giving you all some context, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, so you know, very soon after the resurrection, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them, didn't even come in the door, he just appeared, but he said, peace be with you, peace be, up peace be upon you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side to be like, oh, it's not just a spirit, it's me, I am resurrected. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said unto them again, Peace to you. Do not be afraid. Be, have peace. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So there are some common elements in the Great Commission. One, people are being sent. And if I could get Sister Augusta and Sister Andrea to come onto the platform for just a minute. There's going to be some movement. All right, so I'm, they're following. I'm going. These are signs and wonders. They're going to follow as I am going. However, if I stop, if I were to do nothing, are they following? No, they're just hanging out. But as soon as I start going, and as soon as I start, you know, following the Lord, these things will follow after me. So with the Great Commission, you have to have some sort of movement. You might not leave the city of Athens. You might not leave the state of Georgia. But you can still walk in the Lord. You can still follow the Great Commission. You can still preach the gospel to every creature in this city. Thank you, Jesus. So the second element is that a message must be preached and that message is repentance remission of sins by baptism in Jesus name and the promise of the Holy Ghost we see this kind of summed up in one verse in Acts 2 and verse 38 you know then Peter then Peter said unto them repent and be ye baptized every one of you not some of you not none of you maybe if you feel like it no all of y'all, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall, not you maybe, not uh, maybe, maybe like one time but never again, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that, if you don't mind keeping that up there, Brother Cade, um, 
that receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, that is demonstration. Every time the word is preached, there has always been a demonstration of his power. Whether that is people receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, whether that is people being baptized, because that takes a lot of faith to be like, you know, it's really weird. I got to go under the water. For some people, I got to go under the water again. Look, I was, I was the same way. I was the same way. I was like, oh, you know, a little, little sprinkling. With, I, was, I grew up in Catholicism. I was like, oh, you know, Hail Mary, all of that. No, you must be baptized in Jesus' name. But also, miracle signs and wonders are going to follow. People are going to start noticing, wow, Sister Jordan, you're a whole lot nicer. <laughs> you were nice before. You were nice before. But it's a genuine niceness. It's not like the, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you? And be like, oh, my goodness. Can I, let me just tell you about these folks. They're crazy. No. No, it's not like it's genuine. And the thing is, with all of that great commission, there is a call to participate. And Jake talked about it last week. He didn't call us to, I think he said it towards the end of service. I believe so. But Jesus did not call us to spectate. He called us to participate. And it does not have to be behind this pulpit. Let me just go ahead and clear the, clear the air about that. You do not have to be behind this pulpit to preach the gospel. And if you're ever wondering, do I have a calling? Lord, am I really called? Yes, you are. You are called to go. You are called to preach the gospel. You are called to preach Acts 2.38. It might not be the same for you as it is for me, but it's the same thing. It ought to be the same thing. And the question I have for y'all is, when did the Great Commission become the Great Omission? When did we decide, you know what, I'm content as I am sitting in these pews. When When did that happen? When did the shift happen? When did the fire die? Think on these things. But also don't think you can't accomplish what the Lord has asked you. Because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, if you have Christ, which if you don't, you can have him today. The water is open. The altars are pretty clear and will clear space for you if you need to get to the altar. It can happen today. Don't delay. But, and if you're like, man... I really want to pray for that person. I I don't know if the Lord's telling me about it. Why would the devil tell you to pray for someone? Why would you think to pray someone? If you're someone that's like, oh, I'm not really a people person. I'm not really a people person, believe it or not. But the Lord said, oh, girl, you better be a people person because I'm sending you to the people. So I said, yes, sir. And also it takes the Lord because I'm not like, oh, let me just lay hands on you real quick and start rebuking things. I have no idea what happened, but that's the Lord. Be a willing and available vessel for the Lord. And Jesus and Luke talked about that power on, from on high, and he talked about it more in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And he said, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, so the local base, And in all Judea, you know, your nice state, region, country, if you will, and in Samaria, 
and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So it's not just for the local, but it could be beyond, you know, maybe maybe in our little state, or maybe the Lord might be calling you to move across the country. I'd speak to the Lord, talk to the Lord about it, talk to pastor about it. But don't think that just because it's All Nations Sunday and because I have a burden for missions that I'm just going to be talking about global missions. Because we're all to be missions-minded, whether that is here on the North American side of things or whether it is unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So if the Lord is calling you to go, then go. You know, don't wait. Start now. Maybe as the song says, you can also shout now. Glory. And when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, we are receiving Christ. Oneness, oneness, because it's all one. God is who he is. Jesus is his name. And Jesus claimed in John 8 and 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So are you following Jesus? Are people seeing that light? Because in Matthew 5 and 16, it says, but let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So are they seeing your good works? Are they seeing, is your light shining or are you hiding it under a bushel? Are you like, ooh, I, I don't know about these. Oh. Ooh, let me just, let me just hide. The Lord still sees you. You look, I'm, look, I'm looking crazy. And that's kind of representing how crazy some people are when they're like, oh, I can't, you know, I got to hide, I got to conform. Maybe if I just fit underneath this pulpit, no one will see me. That's crazy. Someone's going to see me and be like, sis, what are you doing? And that's what the Lord is trying to tell some of us today. What are you doing? And Espanol, ¿qué estás haciendo? What are you doing? We got to show that light of life. Because how are the people in darkness going to see that there's hope? That you can come out of darkness. That you can come out of addiction. How are people going to see if you don't show them? And that kind of leads to a bigger question. Do you, feel, do you fear failure more than you fear the master? I mean, really and truly think about it. Answer that question. Are you fearing the fact that someone might tell you no? versus fearing the Lord saying, no, you can't come into heaven. You have to go into eternal damnation. Really think about that. And that convicts me as well because I'm like, man, I am on a campus of like seven. Granted, it's not like UGA, but I'm on a campus of like 700 folks. And there, I have international students as well. And some of them, I don't even know if they know Jesus. And I'm like, am I showing that light, Lord? And then I'm like, Lord, what am I even going to say to them? So in Isaiah 59 and 21, he kind of, you know, he prophesied. And he said, the Lord said, you know, as for me, this is my covenant with them, my people, my spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth. Because, you know, the word of the Lord is forever settled in heaven. You know, heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of the Lord shall not pass away. Nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. But the thing is, as Pastor preached on Wednesday, who is going to declare these generations? 
We got to make sure it doesn't depart from our children because we, I would hate for us to sing, you know, people from every nation and tongue from generation to generation. You know, we worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, how can we sing that if we're not telling our children? And we're not instructing our children that, you know, one day if the Lord tarries, if y'all grow up and to have kids of your own, you better make sure you're telling these kids and these other kids that there is a God. His name is Jesus. He is here. And yes, you might grow up in this, but you still have darkness. Your parents' light isn't going to, like, outshine your darkness. It'll be a light unto you to be like, you know what? I want what they have. I want to see what they're talking about. I hear a story. Granted, I did not grow up in this. Pentecost was a whole new thing back in 2015. I was like, y'all are weird. Got the little big hair, the skirts, the stilettos. Oh, man, that's weird. But I saw the joy that people had, the freedom that they had that I somehow did not have. And even though I did not look like them, I gave people a lot of stank faces, believe it or not. But they said, you know what? Come on in. You are still a child of God. I even asked them the question, I don't know if I'm Pentecostal enough to go to this event. And they're like, what do you mean? That's, there's no such thing. So if you are someone who is like, oh, I don't know if I fit. Yes, you fit in. We are fitly joined together. Because pastor isn't building this church. I'm not building this church. The Lord is building this church. And the gates of hell, they cannot stop us from going into the world and to preach this gospel. And in Matthew 10, verses 19 and 20, Jesus, if you don't believe the Old Testament, I mean, it helps give you a preview to the New Testament. And Jesus said, you know, but when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you. His word will be given to you in that hour what you should speak, for it is not you who speaks, but the spirit of your father, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, it's the same thing, who speaks in you. So, church, we don't have to operate in fear. If you're someone who gets tongue-tied, I am one who gets tongue-tied, but I don't have to operate in fear. Fear has no place in the lives of the redeemed. Are we fear, fearing that failure, church? Are we fearing what man, what, you know, what people are thinking about? It's like, oh, I don't know if I should wear, you know, wear a dress and make sure it's modest. People are going to look at me weird. I mean, people think that cats are weird. I, I mean, you got, I mean, also, like, the hearts of man, are, they're liars, unfortunately. And the thing is, church, if you think you are operating in fear, you can take care of that today. Because in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, the Lord says, For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You don't have to think you're going crazy. You can just say, Lord, I need your spirit. I need the fresh baptism of the love of God. Because in 1 John 4 and 18, the Lord says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love Cast out all fear because fear involves torment. If you are being tormented today, pray for a fresh baptism of the love of God. There are cultures that operate in fear. And when I went on my trip this past summer, they said, you know, 
when you are praying with these people, when you are praying for Muslims, they are more afraid of you than you are of them. And when you pray for them, pray for the fresh baptism of the love of God. Because when you pray that love of God on them, and you can, you can literally see the fear melting off of them, and they will soon receive the Spirit of God because God is love. You can't separate it. Also, if you are not operating in love, if you are speaking in tongues but then gossiping, do you have the Spirit of God? And, I mean, again, we got to, you know, we're growing. It, it takes some time because Lord knows I, I've gossiped. And the Lord has dealt with me, and he said, shh, shut your mouth. And there have been times that the Lord has cleaved my tongue to the roof of my, of my mouth to keep me from bad-mouthing, backbiting. And I was like, oh, thank the Lord. Praise Praise your name, Jesus. So going back to our opening text, the Lord, you know, he, he says, you're going to call a nation you don't know. There are going to be people from backgrounds you don't even know about. Pastor mentioned he doesn't even know, he doesn't know, you know, all the flags. I, I don't even know all the flags. I, I promise you, Friday night was a wild ride because we were like, what flag is this? What flag is that? Maybe it's this country. No, it's the other country. Um, we did not, I did not have the labels, so I was like, all right, let's just look it up and identify. But these nations that, you know, don't know you and you don't know, they're going to come to you because the Lord has glorified you. And I did a little, you know, a little research as to what that glorified, you know, what does that mean in the Hebrew text? And essentially it means to adorn or to beautify, And the Lord has adorned us with his spirit. He has beautified us with his love. And nations that we don't know, they're going to notice. They're going to be like, wow. I mean, I've had coworkers say, you know what? When y'all came in from church, you know, to our restaurant, there was like a glow about you. That's the Holy Ghost Church. And they're going to come running to us. However, as much as I pray, Lord, send the hungry to us. Let us be a house of bread. Let's be, you know, a delivery service. Let's deliver the bread to them. The bread of life, I mean. I mean, also, let me put in a plug for Birdie's Bakery. Actually delivering the bread. Yes, she delivers the bread of flesh. Jesus delivers the bread of life. Amen, amen. And talking about All Nations Sunday a little bit, you know, Jeremiah... He talked about it a little bit when he between the woes and the condemnations. He said, or the Lord said through Jeremiah, at that time, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. And all this whole movement that we are participating in, it all started in Jerusalem. And, you know, with the promise of the Holy Ghost, it all started in Jerusalem. And what better, you know, if we're going to talk about Pentecost Sunday, let's go to the book of Acts. Chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all, not some of them, not none of them, all of them, you know, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And again, if you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost and you have been seeking it a while, today is your day. Keep seeking. You will be filled in Jesus' name. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised about, because of course, when the Spirit is moving and we're blowing and going, we ain't quiet, or you ought not to be. You know, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Everyone take a deep breath in. Take a deep breath out. Praise the Lord. All right, if you have breath, you can praise the Lord. And sometimes, again, I wasn't as eloquent. I was just like, uh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, you know, that was, that was my praise at first, but then I read the word, and they had a lot of praises that I could not ex- quite express. But when this was, you know, when this was noised about, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia in Pontus and Asia in Phrygia, and Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And the coolest experience is to, you know, experience someone receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and they're speaking a different language. There was one gentleman on my trip he received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And these people, they speak Russian. I'll just keep it at that. Uh, mainly, they, they mainly speak Russian. But then when he received of the, the gift of the Holy Ghost, he was not speaking Russian. He was speaking Spanish. And in the part of the world where I was, there, there are no Spaniards to be had. Uh, and if you're wondering, why are you talking about Pentecost Sunday? It's All Nations Sunday. Just like, and pastors talked about it, I feel like every year on Pentecost Sunday, every Sunday should be Pentecost Sunday. And if people from all nations were experiencing Pentecost Sunday, then every Sunday should be All Nations Sunday. And pastor also preached on this, you know, we can't, you know, contain the blood to just a single holiday with Easter. We cannot contain the spirit to just Pentecost Sunday. We can't afford to wait until the next Pentecost Sunday. We can't afford to wait until the next All Nations Sunday in order to tell people about Jesus. We can't sequester them to holidays, folks. And it's going to take everyone. And the thing is, people are going to be like, I don't know what's happening. And that's why Peter was like, all right, guys, let me just clear the air. We're not drunk as ye suppose. 
you know, it's about, it's about 9 o'clock. That's crazy. That, we're, we're not going to be drunk at 9 a.m. We shouldn't be. But the world is going to be the world. But the thing is, Peter could not have ministered to all 3,000 of those folks. I don't know, Pastor. Can you, can you minister to all 3,000 folks, to 3,000 people, if they were to be in this room? Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to take everyone. Because if you look around, there are seats that have hankies that have not been claimed. And Pastor, I know for sure, cannot minister to all of these seats, all 160 seats. It's going to take all of us. It has to take all of us, church. And Peter even talked about it in Acts chapter, later on in Acts chapter 2 and verse 16. He said, but this, the pouring out of the Holy Ghost, is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, we're in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Not some flesh, not the good flesh, not the somewhat nice flesh, all flesh. And on your sons and your, or sorry, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And church, we've got to pray. Because how can we hear, thus says the Lord, if we're not talking to the Lord? Because the more the more prayerful we become, the more prophetic we become. However, the less prayerful we become, the more pathetic we become. We've got to, church, because Paul talked about it in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. You know, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee, or have I aided or relieved you in times of hardship and distress. Behold, now, not tomorrow, not yesterday, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Church, we don't have a service to waste. And even more so than that, we don't have a day to waste. I can't wait until Wednesday to tell my students about Jesus. I can't be like, well, you know, just come on Sunday. We, I've got, there's water at the, there's water at the school. I can baptize them in the pool there. What's stopping y'all? Be like, oh, by the way, you know, oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. We need to know Jesus. If we know nothing else, we need to know Jesus. And we can't all be like Brother Drake that's like, yes, the eschatology of so on and so forth, that Obadiah prophesied about this and that. And, you know, it all relates back to, you know, Genesis. But I, can, I can't be like that. I had to look up what eschatology meant one time. It's the study of the end times. But I do know this. I was in darkness. I was living in sin. I had even denied that the, that the Lord God, Jesus Christ, was my God. I said there might be a God, but his name ain't Jesus. One year later, his name is Jesus. But he pulled me out of darkness. He saved me from the fire. I know that much. And I know when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost all those years ago, it was real. And I remember just that freeing feeling when I was baptized in Jesus' name. It can happen for you, church. And the thing is, 
even just your witness, because when my friend from college, Sister Talisha, the only thing I knew about her was that she had never worn pants in her life. And I was like, that's weird. How? How? Do you not exercise? Like, <laughs> but it was just her witness and her faithfulness to the house of God that drew me in. And she said, you know, Bibby, just come, you know, just come to church with me. That first service, I was like, whoa. I was probably like a deer in headlights, like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, yeah, the beat's great. Cool. But then she didn't even invite me because I was like, man, I am sick of the hatred in this world. I'm sick of being miserable. And if you're sick of being miserable today, the altars are open. We have altar workers, and if you're like, oh, I want to pray for this person, but I'm not like an official altar worker, we should all be altar workers. And if nothing, if you don't know what else to pray, just pray the blood of Jesus over them. That does a whole lot more than what I could even say. And when we talk about the gospel, there is the cycle of church growth, because again, I don't want it to just be us. I don't want to see empty chairs with handkerchiefs. I want all all these handkerchiefs to be taken. And when we talk about church growth, it kind of goes in a little bit of a cycle that you have your evangelizing, that's preaching the gospel to every nation, you know, repent, be baptized in Jesus name, be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's great. That's your new, you know, you're establishing new converts, or at least you're sowing the seed. Because I remember I was witnessing to my, um, my first roommate when I first came to UGA, she was fresh from China. And she's like, I don't know about Jesus. And I'm like, okay, well, let me try to tell you about Jesus. But then I'm like, no, you know nothing about Jesus. i got to go all the way back to Genesis. It's going to take, you know, teaching Bible studies, finding disciples. And sometimes, you know, the the, um, Pentecostal Publishing House has great resources. If you're not like Brother Drake that's got a big brain and knows everything and anything and could probably quote the entire Bible. But... You can't at least, you know, I mean, you've heard what pastor has preached. If nothing else, you could be like, hey, pastor, I'm going to record you. Can you, like, talk about the oneness of God real quick? And you can listen to it, learn it. And, I mean, but also we have a podcast. So why well, ask pastor when you can go to the podcast? And after that, you've got to establish these new converts. These are new babes in Christ. If we leave them at the altar, we're essentially committing child sacrifice spiritually. I mean, we're, we're all revolt at child sacrifice, right? We all revolt at abortions, right? So why do we think it's okay to leave new converts out to flounder when they don't know anything, when they're experiencing these fiery trials? We've got to be there to support them, saints. And we've got to establish them not only in the spirit, which is great, but if you don't have the word, you'll just be like, ooh, yeah, miracle signs and wonders, you know, deliverance, deliverance, you know, all of that. You won't have the truth to ground you because you'll just be swaying about with every wind of doctrine. And sometimes that swaying will just knock you over. And, I mean, when trees knock over, they're not alive anymore. I've witnessed that over the summer. You know, the tree fell over, the roots are exposed, and they have no nutrients. We've got to be grounded, church. So that's the establishing or the second part of that church cycle. That's kind of that intermediate discipleship training. And then what I've come today, church, is to equip and to empower y'all. That was my assignment from the Lord. 
he started all the way back in January when we first talked about All Nations Sunday, and I asked the Lord, Lord, I need a verse, and he gave me our opening text. But to equip the saints, you've got to teach them to teach others. You've got to equip the saints from just being saints, but to be soul winners, to be disciple makers, to teach these new babes in Christ that, you know, it's great. I want you to be saved. There have been plenty of times that I've probably like, I felt like I was physically pulling folks out of the fire or having compassion, you know, making a difference. But we've got to teach folks that there is more to this life than just us being saved. Because there's a whole world out there. There's, two, there's 8 billion people in the world. There's about 130,000 of them here in Athens. How many people are in an apostolic church today? Are they even in a church today? Because about 2 billion people, they kind of claim Christianity. And even then, there's a less, like a smaller portion that claim to be oneness Pentecostals. We've got to be equipped, church. And to be equipped, we must pray. We must read the word. We must fast and be different from this world because the difference is going to make the difference. The difference in how we walk, the difference in how we talk and act and do whatever it is we do, it's got to be different than what I'm not saying, you know, and we can never have all these programs. We've got to, you know, just tear every decoration down. We've got to be bare. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we cannot change our standards we cannot remove these ancient landmarks because I don't know about you, those ancient landmarks is what got me here today. I don't have, I didn't have a family to say, hey, you know what, you need to live for Christ. They were like, well, you were, you were saved when you were like 13. You know, it's okay, you're fine. I was not fine in college. I was a partier. I was crazy. Y'all don't believe me, but I was crazy. Y'all think I was crazy now? I was crazier back then. Whew, praise God. And um, kind of this last, I guess, quote-unquote step, or last part of the cycle is the empower, empowering of the saints. That's that impartation. That is active ministry. All right, I have taught you. I have fed into you, disciple of mine. You know, I have poured into you what has been poured into me. You are Go be a soul winner. Go be a disciple maker. This is where the multiplication happens because if you have one person, you know, if you have one disciple, you know, take a few months, years, hopefully less. We're in the last days. But now you have two disciple makers and they go and so on and so forth. And I am not a math major, but you can do the math. And that is where the fivefold ministry comes in. And in Ephesians, Paul talks about that. However, let's be established first. In Ephesians 4, we're going to start in verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. One, one, one. Um, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. And he, Going on to verse 13, because again, we're all unified in the body. We're all working together. Our administration might be a little bit, but we're part of one body. And he gave, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors 
and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, Jesus, to the knowledge of Jesus, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Church, we have the fivefold ministry in this church. It has been in operation and it, it has come leaps and bounds. But we also have multiples of that fivefold ministry. There is no reason why we don't have an apostolic church in the west side of Athens. There is no reason why we shouldn't have an apostolic church, an established church at the University of Georgia. That is the vision. That's the end goal. But we've got to have more. I'm not satisfied with just little old Winterville, Georgia. I love my church. I love my pastor. But I want to see other people, other saints become pastors, become evangelists. We need the fivefold ministry. We need each other, church. And Brother Joe, he was talking about the sound system, and he's like, Sister Bibby, did you know that this, this sound system was only working at 20% capacity? Thought, That's where we're getting it fixed. Because can you imagine what it's going to sound like when, we're op- when that sound system is operating at 100%? And I was like, ooh, ooh. Because, church, we're only operating at 20%. Can you imagine what this church would look like if we all were working for this kingdom? We were working in this church. If we were operating at 100%. Can you imagine the preaching points that would be started? Can you imagine what nations could be opened up because missionaries are going forth? Can you imagine the thousands of people that are going to be saved? Because we're all operating in our giftings. And again, every person has a different gifting. Every person has a different anointing. The people that I can reach are not the same people that pastor can reach or even that Sister Claire can reach. They're not the same people. It's going to take everyone. And kids, I'm talking to you as well. I know we talked about it in Kids Power Hour. Every kid, every adult, every older person. (laughs) Got to be careful. Got to be careful. Um, But every person has a gift. Every person has a place. And just because you are older does not mean you don't have a ministry. It might look a little different, but you can help us young folks out because praise the Lord for elders. I don't know where I'd be without elders in my life. And this verse has been talked about so many times. And if the musicians want to go ahead and start making their way up front, I'm closing. Because church... It can't just be us. I don't want my church to look like me. I don't want my church to sound like me. And God forbid the church act like me. Ooh, we, I mean, there would be, we'd be marching like Jericho with the flags if that was the case. Because no one would tell me, that's a crazy idea. Why would you do that? That's not a flag march. (laughs) It's not a call to war, Bibby. I'm like, okay, thank you, thank you. But in Revelation 7 and 9, John the Revelator, he had this vision. And it says, after this I beheld, I looked, and lo, wow, wow, a great multitude, which no man could number, 
of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and they cried with a loud voice, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Church, how can we contribute to what John saw? Because we have a multitude of cultures here in Athens. You can tell by the restaurants that are in the area, those that you know and even those that you don't know. How can we contribute to all to all nations, all kindreds, all people, all tongues standing before the throne. Church, I don't want to be the reason why a certain nation or a certain people group can't be ministered to because I just decide to sit on my hands. I don't want to stand before the Lord and Him tell me, Bibiana, you did such an amazing work here at Rack. You were such an asset, but that's not where I wanted you to stay. I wanted you to go. There were people that needed you. God, help us. God, help us if we don't take what we've been given and go to minister to someone. It might not be, guys, it's Acts 2.38 or hell. Some people need that. But sometimes it's, I'm praying for you. I pray that the peace of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit would be upon you. Sometimes that's all they need. Sometimes it's, I don't know what you're going through, but I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would experience a fresh baptism of the love of God. Because church, I can't reach 8 billion people. Pastor can't reach 8 billion people. We can't reach 130,000 people here in Athens, Georgia. We all need to reach Athens. We all need to reach our neighboring communities. And there are people here. I see the burden that the Lord has given you. I see the potential that y'all have. And there are times I just want to shake you and be like, what are you doing? There's a city to reach and you're over here acting like a fool. Church, we've got to go. We've got to go to all nations so that from these nations we go to, they can go to more nations. Because there are countries we can't reach, but we can reach the people that can go to those countries. And they can reach people in all those countries as well. So what we're going to do as we all stand today, we're going to repent. We're going to repent. And I've talked about this all throughout my message. But if you have been seeking the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you have, been, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, get baptized in Jesus name if you've been looking for a sign this is your sign now is the accepted time to get baptized in Jesus name and if you need the Holy Ghost you it's not an option you need it I need the Holy Ghost to make it to Walmart I need the Holy Ghost to teach these unruly and ungrateful students of mine 
You need the Holy Ghost. And if you have been seeking and seeking and seeking and you just have not received it yet, or if you're not even sure if you received it, it, you can have it today. And I'm going to ask that if you are seeking the Holy Ghost, that you can make your way to this wonderful painting that Sister Christina painted. This is Acts 2:38 and 39 in different languages. A multitude of languages for a multitude of people. But first, we're going to repent. It all starts with repentance. We're going to repent for ourselves, but also we're going to repent for our city. Because there's just been so much innocent bloodshed. And the Lord hears that innocent bloodshed. And I don't want that innocent bloodshed to be why we can't see revival. We need to apply the blood of Jesus to this city. Because Brother Dre brother. Jake saw a vision of the blood of Christ flowing in our cities. But if the blood is upon us, then we need to go to the streets of the city. So church, let's lift our hands. Let's repent right now. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for not obeying you when you told me to go. I'm sorry, God, for sinning against you. I'm sorry for thinking that sacrifice is what you wanted. You don't take pleasure in the blood of lambs and rams. You take pleasure in obedience. Lord, I repent today. For every time I let my ways be higher than your ways. For I thought I knew better than you did, Jesus. Lord, I plead your blood over the city of Athens and the surrounding communities. I plead your blood over this church, Jesus. There has been innocent bloodshed in our area. Yes, Lord, forgive us of the innocent bloodshed. Let the blood of Christ be upon these people, church. Lord, let the blood of Christ be upon the church. Let your blood be upon this city. Lord, let there be an impartation of the burden for souls, God. I pray in the name of Jesus we would not sleep until we intercede, until we get up from our slumber and pray for souls. I pray, Lord, that you, we would keep those divine appointments that you have given us. Jesus, in Jesus' name. And if you want to make your way to these altars, and again, if you need the Holy Ghost, and you want to come to the front, please come to this front area by the painting. You can make your way to, the, to these altars to pray, to receive, to let this word be engraved in your heart.